Okay guys, so after the uh, Mexico game last night, I wanted to do a recap pod. Uh, like I said, we were going to on uh, the last couple um, episodes, and I, as I said, it's going to be a round table, uh, similar to the roster release pod. I just wanted to kind of get the opinions of, you know, more people than just myself and maybe one or two others. I kind of wanted to let anybody who wants to hop in, um, hop in and just, uh, just create some good discussion on... Uh, but last night was a pretty entertaining no-no draw, especially if you were a U.S. fan. Um, a couple big chances there for the U.S. that weren't capitalized upon. And like I said, finished no-nil in the Azteca, um, leaving the United States basically uh, a win away from securing their place in the World Cup. Uh, and they will face Panama on Sunday with an opportunity to do just that. Uh, so... I have a few people on uh, here to discuss uh, to discuss last night's game. I have Nate. I have Matt. I have Will. Um, I guess we can just kind of start by generally uh, discussing how we thought the game went, and just you know, uh, just throwing around some you know just opening thoughts. Uh, Nate, uh, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, I think outside of the context of World Cup qualifying, if we were to just look at this game in isolation. It was a fine game. Uh, in a conversation earlier today, I kind of compared it to a club team mid-season. Uh, this kind of game where we have some good chances and we do a pretty good job of keeping the other team from getting good chances is something to feel good about uh, and a, a positive sign for future results. Um, obviously, this is a pretty important game uh in qualifying but as a single game i thought it was good yeah i agree 100 percent with nate like in a vacuum that was a really really solid performance now with the additional context of having another game in three days and has having spent a lot of our star um starting lineups at energy it's going to be a little bit more interesting well, do you want to hop in on kind of just like that, I guess, the, the micro versus the macro view? Uh, yeah, sure thing. Um, when you say micro versus macro, you just mean like uh, more specifics about yeah. the game? Well, I mean like the micro being getting your result in the Azteca in a one-off versus the context of we have to, we, we still have work to do to qualify and the the lineup that we put out could very well end a hundred percent and they would deserve to be tired after a performance like that. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I, I'm a bit nervous uh, now with uh, Yedlin getting that uh, yellow card and not being able to play uh, really, especially worried about him with uh, Reggie Cannon going out sick with COVID. That means we're apparently bringing in Shaq Moore and I don't even think he has a replacement, right? So um bit nervy there uh, in terms of lineup choice, but otherwise Happy with the tie. Um, I, it was a very well-earned tie, if not even a bit disappointing. If you told me before the game that we were going to tie at the Azteca, I would be thrilled. <laughs> but I think uh, a lot of us kind of leave that game feeling just a tad disappointed about what could have happened. Yeah. That, oh, go ahead, Matt. I think that the uh, the language that was coming out from uh, Greg Burhalter after the match was positively disappointed. 
and I think that he's right in that there's a lot to take away that's very positive, but just one of two chances. If we could just put one of those away, that would have been a perfect match. Yeah. I, I mean, also heard that same quote from Greg, and what struck me about it is that that almost seemed like more of a negative review of the, the game than our loss to Canada, which I think he called dominating. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's actually a really interesting point that you bring up about Verhalter and how he sees himself in his like post-game pressers. Um, I did not see that quote. But I I agree with the premise that there are many, many positives to take away from that game. I don't think that the positives are as much tactical as they are just like the team cohesion aspect, which is it's harder to quantify because we have been very good defensively all of qualifying. Like we've been relatively good, um uh even compared to past US teams in qualifying. Um but I, I would agree that if you look at the chances that we had, the PFOC chance, the Polisic chance, however you want to rank them in terms of um, ease of I have finishability, I guess. I don't like how, how easy they were to put in the back of the net. They they probably both should have been goals um, from two players who have been in form recently, uh, especially PFOC over the course of the last season. It You would be right to feel disappointed. Um, because, like I said, the defense held Mexico very well. Mexico did not get many chances at all to finish, um, and Zach Steffen made a save or two when he had to, and that was basically it for Mexico. Like, they didn't create much of anything. Um, going back on the lineup, uh, Convo, just for a sec, I, and I said this directly after the game, I'm like, this was a good result, but this result is linked in every single way to the Panama result. If the Panama result is positive, then this game was can be viewed as a positive. If the Panama game goes south, this lineup was for naught. Because as I, I think I mentioned the Matt Doyle thread in my last pod uh, with Joe Lowry, if teams quite often, like this is a trend, this is not coincidence, this is the trend, that they lose their legs after playing at the Azteca. Uh Will, you live in Montreal. We saw that with CF Montreal. Um, after they played Cruz Azul, they just didn't have anything um, really left, which is, a like I said, a common thread for teams that play at the Azteca. Now, we should be Panama, and I'm not here for that excuse necessarily if we don't, but you can cr- make a direct correlation to if we look sluggish versus Panama, this game versus Mexico putting out... S- the amount of starters that we did would be at fault, I think. And I think the the performance versus Panama has got to be good or else the stuff about being positively disappointed because we didn't get three points turns into just straight up disappointed because now we're on tender hooks. We might not qualify for the World Cup, you know? Yeah, I think it's going to be really important to see how specifically um, Jedi and Pulisic look on Sunday, uh, assuming they both start, which I am bordering on is a guarantee, but 
they both put in a really, really tough shift, and uh, it's going to be really important to see if they still have legs on Sunday, uh, and it's definitely a concern. Anybody else want to jump in on that? So previously, I think I have predicted eight out of the 11 starters from this first game of the window will also start at Panama or against Panama. Uh, now that's been made pretty easy because uh, Wea and Yedlin are both suspended. So uh, at least those two uh, will be different. But beyond those two, I don't foresee a whole lot of squad rotation uh, for this next game. And that is concerning because Jedi and Pulisic both did a lot of running and both did not look their sharpest by the end of the, the 90 minutes against Mexico. And that's no indictment on either of them. They're both very good athletes, and that's kind of their game style. They both love to run. I think the hard thing then is to somehow find a way to do that again, because, again, without Wea, you're looking at, if you're going to have a midfield that, again, we'll see two of those guys who play Mexico coming back and playing versus Panama and Adams and Musa, which are locked in two of the three midfielders, even, you know, MMA, those are two of the three. Um, and then you would hope Luca De La Torre, who didn't see the field, would get the start um, as well against Panama. Um, if the, that's going to be the midfield, then Gio Reyna is going to have to play up top after playing 30 minutes. Again, he, he had a good... Um, Last weekend, he played, uh, I, f I forget how many, he might have played the full 90, um, definitely started. So he's definitely showing signs of progressing in his recovery from that injury um, back to 100% full fitness. But I'm not willing to you know, claim that yet. And with Pulisic looking tired, with Reyna having some minutes under his belt, um, and Wea being out, now you're stuck with a situation where if Pulisic can't go more than 60 minutes. You're looking at Paul Ariola, Jordan Morris, who I think are good subs who can run at a tired Panamanian back line, but aren't necessarily, I mean, it's not Tim Weah, right? Like, and putting yourself in a, you know, predicament where Weah gets that second yellow, um, not of the game, but of the window or of the entire qualifying cycle, which puts him out. Uh, it, it's, it leaves you in a, a position that again, you didn't want to be in, right? Like, Again, we should beat Panama, but now there's just a little, you know, stuff, a little uh, stuff nibbling at, you know, the brain, maybe the uh, kind of dark side of the brain, um, the Kuva side of the brain, you know? I think that's what was causing so much hand wringing in the lead up to this match over who is going to be there. And uh, I, you know, with Yellows for Wea and Yedlin, some of it came true. Now, you're 100% right. Should we still be heavy favorites to beat Panama? Yes. Shaq Moore is a super serviceable player. Uh, Paul Ariola, Jordan Morris, uh, Gio Reyna will in all likelihood start. All three of those highly serviceable players. It's just a question of how much risk you're willing to take. Um, so, I, I, it's a really strong lineup that we put out against Mexico. There's still questions and it's all going to be dependent on Sunday. 
I to play a little bit of devil's advocate. I I feel like the minutes weren't managed too poorly at the end of the day. Um, maybe besides Jedi, uh, he's probably the one I'm the most nervous about because he did play. Um, unless I'm mistaken, I think he played the whole game. Um, but we did sub off Pulisic. Uh, what was that about 60, 70 minutes into the game? Um, Pulisic we... was in the eighty fourth. Was he? He was that late. Yeah, he was the last sub uh, for Morris yeah. coming on. And we did sub off uh, both center backs, uh, which is good, I think, to keep them fresh. Um, we don't have Wea, unfortunately. I- I'm very nervous about that because he's been probably our most positive player up up front. Um, maybe besides that little uh, streak that Pepe had. Uh, we did sub off Pepe early, so if we're starting Pepe, he's going to be fresh, most likely. Um, so I'm not as nervous. However, um, I am quite nervous about Jedi. I'm I'm really wanting him to be healthy and in good shape because he showed what he could do. Um, I I thought he performed extremely well, uh, and we we need him in good shape because I think there's a pretty big drop off between him and any other left back. Uh, for anyone else, I feel like it's the next man up, right? Like we're talking about depth, uh, like the chance of Ariola coming on, the chance of Morris coming on. Uh, Luca possibly right uh, for um, anywhere either for uh, Musa or for uh, Acosta somewhere in there in our midfield um, and I thought Acosta played quite well uh, he did play a lot of the game too um, but I'm more confident about those guys I'm much more nervous about our left back position uh, and our right back position now that we're uh, quite quite deep right we're on like our third choice now with uh, Shaq Moore coming in yeah, a, a problem that I never thought this national team would have, like a losing, you know, that many right backs that we end up with like one left. Now, I, I, I said this, um, I think we were just like talking last night after the game, not on the, the podcast or anything, about like Brooks Lennon is a few hours up the road in Atlanta. You can just call him down and he could play right back. Maybe he could play left back. Like, he can be that kind of, you know, reserve option should something happen to Moore, should uh, Robinson just completely give out, which, again, is a possibility. Now, I think it, we might be getting a little bit too ahead of ourselves, especially with Jedi, um, just because he, he plays in the championship, and I know it's a little bit of a cliche that like, the championship is, it plays so many more minutes, but it kind of is true. They, I believe they play 46 league games. Fulham um, will always progress to, you know, a, a few rounds into both the FA Cup and uh, well, probably a round or two at least into the Carabao Cup as well. So, you know, we're talking a, a guy who plays uh, 50 games for his club, you know, uh, most likely. So he can, and he showed last window that he could play 270 minutes if need be. I just think these two, 270 minutes are what gives me more pause because they were at 7,500 feet in the Azteca, then obviously back to Panama in favorable conditions, and then down to Costa Rica and, again, another hostile environment. So I, I can understand um, the, the, the cause for concern when it comes to uh, Jedi. I'm... Uh, Joey, uh, real Go quick, uh, you expressed some concern yesterday about uh, Reyna, right? You were... Uh... You were concerned about whether Reyna is able to play 90, and we know he played 90 for Dortmund, but I remember you were expressing some hesitation there. So um, I'm I'm really, personally, I'm hopeful that the 30 minutes that Reyna got in 
Mexico, uh, give or take, indicates that he'll be ready to start uh, in our crucial game against Panama. How would you feel about him starting? Do you think he's ready? Like health-wise? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think if the doctors are okay with sending him out in altitude for a solid 30 minutes that he put in a good amount of work, not just that amazing run that we've all seen, but like he was up, he was contributing to the attack when we started to go more defensive. He was one of the few players still trying to make stuff happen. Uh, If they're comfortable sending him out there for those 30 minutes, then I'm more comfortable than I would be at least pregame yesterday, putting him out for, uh, either 90 or a, a very solid starting shift um, next game. I I was hesitant with him just because he's had he's been off with so much injury, just because he's really only gotten, you know, only had one start for Dortmund before the window. I, I did not want to rush it with him. I, I didn't really want him to see the field be, before the game because giving him a week, letting him, you know, play his real first, um, maybe play his first um, U.S. minutes in a while in favorable conditions. I just thought that that made a little more sense. But again, he's one of our most talented, if not our most talented player that we have. Putting him out there versus Mexico, if he's healthy, is a no-brainer. So I'm more comfortable than I would be, you know, ask me, what, uh, 24 hours ago? Um, so I And I would be... No, I'm excited now to see what he can provide based off his performance yesterday. I, I still have a few concerns that, you know, aren't going to be easily, I know, uh, alleviated, I think, would be the word for that. Just because if the, the injuries that he have are, I, I forget, is it like soft tissue? Or I don't know how you say it exactly. But, you know, it's hamstring injuries. It's injuries that can... um be more nagging than, for example, like a fracture or something that would heal back up quickly. I'm not a medical expert, but that I do know. So overall, yeah, I, I want to see what he can do versus Panama. But to say that um, he he's just 100% a go, um, don't hold him back at all, don't worry about his health at all, it is definitely early to say that, but I know that's not what you were trying to say. Um, what are kind of thoughts on how the game progressed. Early, the U.S. came out and actually showed that they really wanted the ball, that we were um, willing at least to exchange in some open play, that we weren't going to just sit behind the ball. Um, Is anybody surprised by that, or is that more uh, what you guys were expecting? Because I was expecting a much more defensive U.S. I think that the game really kind of happened in a a, a few stages. Uh, This is not an original thought by any means. This is largely coming from what uh, the Total Soccer Show uh, had in their review. That first, yeah, you're right, 30 minutes or so, we played a little bit more aggressively. We tried to control the ball a little bit more, although we still were at a heavy deficit in the possession. Um, but we, we really did try to play with the ball quite a bit more. Um, and then our, our defense did a really, really good job of frustrating the Mexico attack and really trying to disrupt them. Um, and then in that, around that 30th minute, it really switched into more of a sit back a little bit more force long balls over the top and um, try to just really contain them at that point. Anybody have anything else on like kind of how the game went in stages, Nate, 
Uh, do you have anything on that specifically? Yeah, I was really pleased to see how aggressive we were uh, in the first 30 minutes. Um, we haven't seen a lot of that, uh, especially against some of the uh, more packed-in opponents we've faced. Uh, so being able to see us play more free-flowing free uh, creative soccer, um, the, the beautiful game, uh, it was really nice. I was a bit nervous about our defensive scheme in like the first 15 or so minutes of the game, but I really felt like it came together after that point. Um, I think even the game started with us uh, attacking, though, like out of the gates. Uh, I kind of liked that, that we were going at them because... Um, so I've been kind of struggling with it a bit, right? Um, as as is really everyone, there's been so much discourse about how do you, how do you take this game to Mexico um, when you're playing away at the Azteca, but... Uh, when I think about it, uh, people often bring up the stats, right? Like our historic stats uh, playing away at, um, say, Mexico or even Costa Rica. Um, I always battle with how useful that stat is, right? Because we that stat doesn't measure like our current 11 players versus their current 11 players. Like even our last game against them doesn't quite measure up because we're playing uh, without McKenney, We're playing without Dest, right? Um, like there's different pieces that are missing and different pieces that are substituted in. So it's kind of hard to measure that. But when we look at this Mexico team, um, I, I feel like it, it's smart in hindsight what we did um, because that Mexico team is not as formidable as it always looked. Uh, I think about how um, that Jamaica game they had really early on in the cycle. Uh, Jamaica was leading with like basically without all of their European players, like they were playing basically Jamaica B uh, they were leading 1-0 for a lot of that game. I think it took uh, some uh, late-game Mexico heroics for them to clutch a, a win from the jaws of defeat there. Um, they did tie against Canada, and I thought that Canada was going to score a second one in that game. Um, and they only clutched out a very late win against Panama, if I remember right, too. So they haven't looked as convincing as you would expect from Mexico. And I kind of like that we... Um, that we put that kind of pressure on them, that we wanted to play our game and that we didn't want to sit back. Because there is kind of an inherent threat there when you're sitting back like that. Um, our team could counter, I think, really well. But um, now I think I like the way our team plays when we're, when, we're, uh, when we're playing our game. When we're sitting back, I'm a bit nervous, right? Because we're not a team that's scoring a lot of goals. I mean, we're not doing bad. But I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more nervous if we're sitting back, they're getting an opportunity and we have to chase a goal personally. When you're talking about some more of the concerns about the defensive scheme and how that setup looks, was there anything in particular that you were seeing that was giving you those concerns? Um, I, I really thought that um, that Doyle kind of even covered it a little bit in his article where they were kind of hitting us and um, like behind where uh, Jedi was playing and like basically behind our fullbacks. Uh, we saw Robinson take that early yellow card. Um, and that's what got me a bit nervous is it looked like they were able to find like a little bit of space. I remember... I think it was the first 15 or so minutes where Lozano uh, like absolutely uh, missed like an offside chance, but I was getting a bit nervous at that point. Like it looked like they were finding space, but then uh, it looked like we started uh, being able to cover for each other better and kind of recognizing uh, that space that they were creating and like uh, stuffing that out a bit earlier uh, or a bit better um, as we eased into the game. That, that's what had me personally nervous in the beginning. That's definitely what I was seeing too. And that's kind of the reason that I asked, um, I think that particular uh, 
issue kind of showed how important Tyler Adams is to this team. His ability to cover that space, Miles Robinson's ability to recover, you know, just from his athletics. All Shoot of that even was able to start a, the, some attacks with some transitions. He was just awesome. He's great. Truly, both of our, our center backs were incredibly solid throughout. Um, yeah, yeah no I, I absolutely foul. loved Zimmerman. Absolutely loved him that game. And massive, massive props to Tyler Adams for doing all of the work that he did, putting out those fires before they started, and doing it all without picking up that yellow card. Great, great job from him. Yeah, I, I, I'm interested to, and I wanted to bring this up. I, I don't go into these with too many discussion points that I uh, think of before. I kind of want it to be spontaneous, but I did think of this one as like. We we got a shutout in the Azteca. That's not easy to do. We say about all these teams playing well in the Azteca, but they all let in goals and we didn't. You know, I throughout all of qualifying, we've been up and down. On the road, we've let up goals. We let up goals at Honduras, at Canada, you know, at Jamaica. So we've been letting up goals on the road. You know, one, uh, two versus Canada. At home, we've been solid. Overall, our defense has been sound. There hasn't been a game where I'm like, oh, we look so in trouble. You know, individual moments maybe, but just defensively, we've really, really been dominant against every team that we've played. Um, and with the, I guess, the little lone exception of Canada on the road, you know, even against Mexico with their great attackers or Canada at home with their great attackers, we've really kept them stifled for the most part. Do you guys have any insights of why that is or? You guys, you want to kind of highlight um, any players who, uh, who have really performed on a top level throughout all of qualifying? I don't have a great sense of why this is, but this was another game where the center back pairing of Robinson and Zimmerman got a shutout. Um, and just looking at results, you know, without really deeply analyzing why we got those results that's been our most successful center back pairing um, and personally i i would like to see that center back pairing continued until it's clear that there's a better alternative yeah and kind of just to add like a superfluous point but i think we held them to something like 0.4 expected goals which is like incredibly good like it's not like we were relying on some like heroics by stefan to keep us in the game or anything like that like I, I wasn't really ever too worried about um stefan's ability to save anything that they shot like all of their opportunities i felt like were mostly outside the box not really great opportunities not a lot of clear-cut shots and like the one i think they did get in the box i want to say was like sort of like out wide uh it was that losano shot that went high and zach stefan got his hands to it uh Good save by him. I thought he played very mature. Um, like he was very fun to watch, in my opinion. Uh, not fun to watch, like he's stopping everything. But uh, I felt comforted with him in the net. Like I felt like his positioning was good. I didn't see any gaffes. His distribution was decent. Um, I think our center back pairing is great. Like you were saying, I think Zimmerman is even a bit underrated. You don't hear a lot of buzz about him for whatever reason, but he's a danger on set pieces. So the guy wins headers. And he seems very composed. Like, I, I feel very confident with him. I I would have a, a slight quibble with uh, Stefan's distribution last night. I 
think that there were a number of uh, chances either through the Mexican press or um, just some poorly played balls. There were a number of opportunities that we did give up opportunities for Mexico to create chances and we just recovered them in time. Uh, I think that was a little bit jarring. Maybe that's just the Azteca. Maybe that's, you know, just some slight differences in an understanding of where players should be. But there were a couple of times that I was getting a little bit nervous about Steven's distribution specifically. Yeah, I Nate. feel like I need to yeah. watch that back because oh, uh, I just I, I don't recall I don't recall too much. I, like you said, we might have recovered quick enough, um, and I feel like I've only given it just the one in the moment watch, so I probably wasn't paying special attention to it. Um, but yeah, I I mean I I really think you're kind of asking like a higher level question about what's been the key to our defensive success. It really, to me feels like it's the center back pairing. Nate, do you have anything on the, uh, like the center back specifically, or I guess the, you know, all the players that have rotated through this back line. Cause there have been quite a few, when you look back um, at the game sheets that have really contributed to an overall stellar defensive performance um, throughout all qualifying. Um. The only thing that was interesting to me about this particular game is that uh, Miles was coming off of what a lot of people called a pretty poor run of form in MLS play. Uh, so I I think a lot of the discussion before the game uh, almost was calling for him to not uh, be a part of this center back pairing that was historically so successful. Um, and I'm, I don't claim to understand uh, what it is about uh, playing in the U.S. setup that allowed him to be so successful last night, but I'm really glad he was. Yeah, I, I think we're all glad that he was. Um, Walker Zimmerman has emerged that he, like, I love Miles in that back line. Obviously, the Gold Cup goal uh, is just, he. that's a legendary thing now. Um he and Walker have made such a good pairing in large part, I think because of Zimmerman's leadership throughout the back line, he's captain for his club, which, uh, is he, I think he's captain for his club, um, in Nashville, uh, which certainly helps, but it just, his leadership is just natural. And I don't, I don't know if it's just his aura, maybe the, the man bun. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but he's just, such an it looks like an instinctual leader and i can put a lot of the good performances down to him coming into that mexico game and stepping up uh coming into this game playing well you know miles and uh walker have not lost too many games at all i'm not sure if even one maybe one or two uh together um as the back line uh pairing i'm been extremely impressed with them but especially walker and his kind of late emergence into this roster um really only getting in in october anybody have thoughts specifically on walker i know we touched him a bit earlier but you know i guess in the broader context of qualifying as a whole i think what you said about him as a leader for the team uh really resonates with me um the goal that he scored and the way that he celebrated with the team in the last window you 
you could see how much everybody loves him and what he means to the team and the games that he's captained. It it seems like he's one of the the big voices on this team. Um, we have a lot of stars, but I don't know how many leaders we really have. Adams has captained. I I don't know off the field what his impact for the team is. Obviously on the field, his performances are beyond reproach, but I don't know how much of a vocal presence he is uh, on the field. Zimmerman, it, it seems like he is loud and in charge, and that's a, a pretty valuable thing to have. Yeah, and he's just incredibly consistent. Uh, specifically, you know, the aerial threat that he is, both attacking and defending, he's a really impressive player right now. Um, it seems like there's a really, really good communication between, you know, that that kind of middle triangle of Zimmerman, Robinson, and Adams for them to really find any issues during the game and really, really snuff those out. Um, I, that that little triangle right there is one of the reasons that I think that we've had the success that we've had so far in World Cup qualifying. Everybody at home, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, I think Walker represents somebody who, for a little bit, was kind of concerning, especially from an MLS point of view, where here's a player who's really succeeding at his club, MLS Defender of the Year, but just can't really seem to catch a break with the national team. Uh, doesn't even get called up for the first window. Um, only a late addition uh, for the October window after John Brooks had to pull out because of an injury. That was the last time that Brooks got called up, incidentally, um, with Zimmerman replacing him. And he's just he's staked his claim since then. I mean, he's been still playing great for club. Uh, was really good in their run. Uh, to the conference semifinals last year has been impressive with them this year already. Uh, Naturals looked pretty good so far this year. Um, and he's carrying that form again uh, into an international window for really the third window running. I can say that he's been, a. I mean, I, obviously one game in, but he showed in this game, he showed in the last window, he showed in the, uh, the two game window in November versus Mexico and Jamaica that he is not only a player that can be relied upon, but he's a player who thrives, who is actively making the team better, not just filling a hole. And I think that can be said for many players in qualifying already. Um, so I, I like the Walker Zimmerman Love Fest, and I'm glad we could uh, kind of present that here. Uh, I want to kind of transition forward a little bit into what we uh, are seeing in the Panama game. Um, Luca did not play versus Mexico. How are we kind of viewing his role as it comes into the Panama game? I guess we can, I guess I'll start off by asking the question. It's, it's gotta be a Luca start, right? You know, there's no way that he can't not start this game. Probably. I think it's the, as close as I have (laughs) to anything specific. I think it really kind of depends on how much, how, what does Musa have left in the tank? Because he was really, really showing that he was getting fatigued towards the end of the game. Um, so 
I assume that he's going to be able to get back on and get back to the exact same level of, of nuisance that he can be in the midfield. If he can't, then I think that we're probably looking more towards Acosta, Adams, and De La Torre. I don't hate that midfield by any chance or by any reason. Yep, you said so why do you think that Acosta uh, would stay rather than uh, replacing him with De La Torre? I, I think this is in the, in the instance that Musa is still exhausted from yesterday. If, if he is good to go, then I think the Musa's put it in pen starting no matter what. But he was definitely showing some fatigue towards the end there. Does anybody have anything else on that? Uh, kind of, are we looking at a, uh, what would it be? An M8, I don't know. I guess you gotta have to go <laughs> DLT. The, 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 I, I would have a lot of fun with Matt, except for the fact that Torre is not his last name, it's De La Torre, so like, Maddled, a, a maddled midfield. I, I, I love a good acronym though, so I'm sure that could stick at some point. But no, I, I am interested. Like, I think Musa generally is that kind of threatening presence that I want to see. The one reason I am with you that I wouldn't hate Acosta is just like his progressive passing when he's given time on the ball was super impressive versus Honduras, and he showed it in past games too. So I, I think that could work versus a Panamanian team that you've got to assume is not going to try and play, right? Like, they, they're they not going to play. I think that they're going to absorb pressure and look for something on the counter in all likelihood. They're going to be looking for set pieces. They're going to be looking for um, any opportunity for them to kind of get some of that advantage. I think that we're going to be in control of the ball most of that game. We just need to be able to put away any opportunity that we have. I think the other thing that you get with Acosta is thus far he's shown that he's our best set-piece delivery. Um, so until somebody proves me wrong on that, I I think that he stays in for now. That was definitely one of the most repeated narratives that I heard going into the game against Mexico was Acosta set piece delivery. I don't think he did a terrible job, um, but obviously he was not as productive as he was uh, when he was playing on a frozen field uh, against some poor Central American <laughs> folks. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely not his best game for set piece delivery yesterday. So I think if Geo starts, the Acosta as set piece expert argument, Geo against Dortmund, or Geo playing for Dortmund uh, this past weekend, was excellent with his set piece delivery. He got an assist. Um, I would prefer he take set pieces if both he and Acosta were on the field. So with that being said... Yeah, and I I think it just depends where we win the free kick, right? Like, um, if it's deeper in the field, I'm I'm good with Acosta taking it, but anywhere anywhere dangerous on the field, I want Gio taking it. 
yeah, Gio going for goal versus Acosta going for goal. Uh, I would definitely feel more comfortable with Gio. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that because I feel like Gio. I mean, Gio has shown it before for the national team. I believe he assisted the second goal in the Nations League final. I might be wrong about that. I think um, him and Pulisic kind of alternated duties in that game. But I, his delivery is just so impressive. He's and like you said, he's already doing it for a top club like Dortmund. I think he could certainly do it for the national team as well. Um, that's not a not a role that I would be uh, any kind of nervous of him assuming, even if it's um, at the expense of Acosta, who has also served some uh, delights of balls uh, so far. Um, in I mean, even just in uh, the last couple months, even dating back to the Gold Cup, where it was his ball to Miles Robinson that uh, provided the only goal in that final. Uh, I, I'm interested to see like or to hear you guys. Um, takes on the striker situation. I am very strongly in the Jesus Ferreira is the number one. I don't think I need that necessarily from you guys, but who is your striker? And do you consider this a number one striker must play game, regardless of playing style? Do we have a number one striker at this point? I think it's Ferreira, personally. I think that's been clear. Now, I might be wrong, but I, I I thought Greg putting him out in the way that he did versus El Salvador um, kind of showed that, you know, everybody healthy, everybody coming in, uh, that he's the number one choice. And I think his recent club form, he started the season so well for Dallas, even uh, disregarding the uh, hat trick that he scored in, like, 10 minutes in the last uh, club game uh, has shown that he is regarded as, you know, kind of the top of the list that we have right now. Though I am with you that there isn't much separating them. I, I think if there's one position that's still absolutely up for grabs in this U.S. team, it's the number nine. Uh, I think you're probably right right now. Jesus Ferrer is playing with the hottest hand. Um do I think that somebody else could overtake him? Yes. They haven't done that yet. I think that he starts against Panama. Anybody else? I also think he should start against Panama, but not for his finishing, uh, but for his tendency and ability uh, in dropping deeper to play more of a 10 or false 9 playmaker role. I think our big challenge playing against a uh, pack in Panama is going to be chance creation. Uh, yeah, we, Joey and I had actually talked about that because I was saying that I wasn't uh, convinced by Ferrer's finishing, but I understand that that was with a small sample size of the um, of the game that he started. Uh, and uh, Joey was mentioning that his uh, goals versus expected goals was actually positive two, I think. Uh, somewhere in it, yeah, it was like the positive two, positive three over the course of last club season and the beginning of this season. Again, it's a one specific metric, but you know, overall can generally tell that he's a average to above average finisher. Yeah, I think that's I think that's uh, that's um, encouraging, um, especially given we we talked about his his hot hand getting that hat trick uh, very recently. Um, it, it was just one game. Like it reminds me of when people were wanting Sargent after he uh, after he scored 
uh, finally for Norwich. Um, but I do really like the way Ferreira plays, and I, I, I like him in our system. Like uh, when we did start him, he had a lot of chances, um, and he was opening up the defense, in my opinion. I thought he moved well. He's very intelligent. Really like what I saw from him. Like you were saying, the, the nine is wide open. Um, as for like predicting what Greg's going to put out, I have no idea. Like I, I would not put money on <laughs> guessing anyone that's going to start at nine. I, I, I have no idea what he's going to put out. I, I do hope it's Ferreira also just because I like him so much. Um, yeah, and then the other thing too is how do we not be too reactionary about uh, the Pafak miss, right? Like, um, because I, I heard some rumblings before that um, it sounded like Greg was planning to start Pafak in the second game. So do you think that still happens with him uh, missing that opportunity? I don't know. I think stylistically Pafak is suited for this Panama game, which is what Greg said as well. You know, a lot of aerial service, um, playing more direct. Um, he thinks that he thought would be the most suited striker for that. I don't think that Greg is as reactionary as uh, maybe the fan base uh, who are ready to throw Jordan out and never start him again. Um, so I I think it's very likely that if Pifak doesn't start, he will be the, the striker substitution. I think to to toss him to the wayside after one blown chance would be too much. I think that he obviously still has goals in his feet. I think that him running out a tired Panamanian defense would also be really, really fun to watch. Um, and he, he proves, or he's proven that he's a finisher. I'm not going to, you know, one chance is one chance. That he's was got goals in his feet, but I think all his goals are in his head. This guy, uh, this guy really heads the ball. <laughs> that... I will say my bigger, uh, uh, issue with Pifak was his lack of run on the end of that Gio Reyna run. Uh, I, maybe he was watching it with the same uh, admiration that we all were, uh, but move for your guy, man. Come on now. Yeah, I I, I get that. I think I, I've got mixed feelings because theoretically we have the players to play through this Panama side that will probably just look to sit and defend and maybe hit on the counter. I I don't know how I feel about making this an aerial battle with them because they're it's going to be a three on one. They're gonna they're gonna just absolutely box out Pfock. But then again, we haven't shown that we can break down a you know set defense in possession, and so that makes me uh, slightly nervous as well. So it's kind of it, it's going to be interesting to see how. Um, Greg sees the lineups, um, the lineup selection as, you know, just a, a tactical choice as much as like a uh, overall preference choice. I think that'll be pretty clear how we want to play uh, when that lineup drops about an hour before kick. I, I, I tend, like I said, to go toward that Ferreira. He's gonna pass. He's gonna, you know, break the lines. Hopefully. I, I just worry a little bit that that Panama defense is going to be a little bit too compact to just easily break down like that. I 
I just have more reservations about turning it into an aerial duel and a game based off of balls in the air rather than, you know, patterns of play. That could be just me. How do you guys see that, you know, that that potential issue specifically? I think, uh, was it a... Was it a versus El Salvador, if I'm remembering right, where Ferreira started? I think it was, right? El Salvador, yeah. And, and he okay. got on at the end of that uh, the Mexico game at home. Yeah, I thought I thought he unlocked that defense real well, and you're and they were doing exactly like you were saying, like they were sitting deep. I thought the way he was moving and uh, finding space, like I think that's where he really excels. Um, and I think that's I think that's a really really valuable asset when you're expecting to play a a team that's going to sit really deep in like a low block kind of thing and really frustrate us that way. Um, I share in your frustration about um, if we do start PFOC, uh, right, they're going to, like you were saying, they're going to try to crowd him out and such. Uh, although in the El Salvador game, I think back and I remember we were, at some point, I think we just started whipping a bunch of crosses. I remember, Ant, uh, or sorry, Jedi uh, crossing a bunch of times and uh, also thinking, man, if we just had someone that could, that could, uh, that was like a target man. That's kind of what we needed there too. <laughs> so I can go kind of either way on it. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, I just, I just really like Ferreira like you do. I, I would love to see what he can do in a packed uh, defense. Like that's, that's who I would personally prefer. Hey, did you want to say anything? Uh, I think the bulk of the Panama game uh, is going to be limiting us to very low percentage chances. Um, those kind of aerial uh, chances that we're talking about, shots from outside the box. We're probably not going to have a lot of opportunities for clever tiki-taka passing around at the top of the box uh, to try to create a shot um, kind of situations. Uh, his is obviously is very skilled at that uh he made my timbers look absolutely foolish uh with his passing uh around the 18 um but i don't have a lot of confidence that we're going to be able to create chances using that skill set uh joey i've got a question for you that i'm kind of curious about uh i don't know I know you're an MLS fan. I was curious if you've watched much of Houston because I'm curious what to expect out of Adalberto Carrasquilla in the game. Like, uh, I know he's been kind of the standout for Panama in the World Cup qualifiers. And I'm curious, uh, like, how he's going to play into our our team and what we should kind of expect from him. So I have watched a little bit of Houston so far this season. I haven't watched, like, Carrasquilla specific, like, specifically, like, try to break down his performances specifically. I know from people who watch him week in and week out, like intensely that he is just like, he's a fundamental midfielder in, you know, kind of every way that you would want a midfielder to play. I, I think, and by the way, I think he's, you know, from what I've heard and what I've seen, um, basically the best that Houston has to offer right now. Uh, Ace Ace, uh, coming in in the summer could change things. I don't know how he's going to fit into that system specifically, but it's not a great Houston team. So Karaskia is a good player. It's not a great team. So I don't know how I could, you know, um, 
separate the player from the overall team performance. I think that would be kind of difficult to do. As it pertains to the Panama game, though, I don't think it's going to matter that much because they're going to just be, it's going to be a midfield block and it's going to be a defensive block and not much space in between. And so I think overall, it won't matter as much as, you know, how is Karaskia going to play? How is Godoy going to play? It's going to be, how is that Panamanian defense going to play? Um, and kind of where I wanted to, you know, touch on finally before we can kind of sign off uh, for the night is my, my ideal game, or at least for the U.S., is you've got to get one early because if you get one early, Panama will fold eventually because just how Panama and their qualifying situation needs to play out is they still have to, they have a lot of worrying left to do because not only are Panama not guaranteed um, that fourth place spot, they're at least by models predictions. And I believe now um, one point back of Costa Rica, they're on the outside looking in. They need at least a point, if not three to give them hope uh, to go through uh, at least that fourth place, um, at least in that fourth place spot in that intercontinental playoff with the winner of the Oceania region. I think they're going to have to search for a goal at some point if we get one early. It's not just going to come. Like, they're going to have to actively go looking, and that's going to open them up. The situation I worry about is if we don't get a goal, it. It's going to be one of those CONCACAFI games where it's going to be a lot of fouls and a set piece, something stupid or something could leave us wanting more um, at the end of 90 minutes. How do you guys see the game kind of playing out? Um, maybe from your uh, good vibes view and your uh, not so good <laughs> vibes view. I think to start off, the pessimistic view uh, this could be a very unsoccery kind of game where we can't string two or three minutes of actual play together without a foul, the ball getting kicked out of bounds, and Panama slowing down the game. Um, and like you said, set pieces are the little nightmare in the back of my head that you know one fluky headed goal and we're in a, a dark place um conversely i think that we have just as good of a chance uh of shining on set piece situations um but even then my my concern is that our Goals in those kind of situations have often come late in games. Uh, and for someone who's going to be standing in the stands, uh, singing and getting excited the whole time, it's it's going to be hard to keep up that energy when we're 0-0 zero, zero, uh, at 60 minutes. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely going to be a physical match. Um, I think, Joe, you're absolutely right to bring up the fact that with their draw against Honduras, Panama will have to come and get points here. So 
there will that means that there's going to be space opening up in their defense. That means that they are going to probably be chasing the game a little bit to try and get something created. Um, I think that we'll have to be really, really careful around our box. And I think that we're going to have to take advantage of those instances when they open up, recognize them and attack those quickly. Um, and to go back to your point about uh, Kovo Karaskia, He's a great player. He's a really, really fun player. He's going to initiate a lot of those counters. So making sure that we limit his touches on the ball is going to be pretty important because he can turn that that transition into an attack very quickly. Yeah, I guess my take on it, uh, I think, I think first of all, if I'm the coach, right, we're we're drilling a transition defense. We're drilling that hard. Like that's what we're working on until the game. Um, also transition offense a bit too, but but really transition defense matters like so much in this game, um, and that's going to be kind of what will make or break us, I think. Um, although I am pretty optimistic about the game as a whole, I think it's I think it's likely that we'll win. Um, I mean, I say that, and I I feel like I'm going to jinx it, so I feel like I need wood to knock on. Um, so where's Bobby when you need him? But uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I have a couple of concerns. Um, like you said, I, I think the biggest concern is if, if Panama does b- break the seal of a tied game late in the game. That that would make me the most nervous. If it happens early, we did see, I think, Panama scored within, I want to say, the first 10 minutes at Canada. And Canada ended up still turning around the game and winning 4-1, uh, even with them. Uh, you know, being able to score the early uh, goal that they wanted on the road and then being able to kind of sit back... Um, and it delivered that really awesome uh, Davies like full field goal that he got, or he like bolted down the sideline to keep the ball in and end up uh, scoring. Great goal. Um, if you don't know what I'm referencing, it's a fun one to go back and watch. Um, but they were able to come back. Now, is that something our team could do? I am a little bit nervous about us being able to convert chances. Right, we're we're kind of scoring late in games. We're scoring in the second half when we do score, with the exception of. Uh, the Honduras game. I, I think we scored early in that one. Um, but that makes me a bit nervous because if the, if we're 0-0 at half, right, or if we're tied at half, uh, then that's where I start to, that's where the nerves are going to start setting in. Uh, what happens if a fluke happens? So I'm hoping we can put in a goal early. Uh, that's what I would want to see from our team. Uh, but I'm optimistic. Um, so I'm going to stay with my optimistic take. I, I don't want to uh, entertain the pessimistic view too much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think my thoughts on the game are basically, you know, what I laid out before and basically a hodgepodge of basically what you guys said. Um, I mean, that midfield, again, like not to have my take on Karaskia, it's true. He just, he's a very good player. I just, I, I don't know how to view him in terms of the Houston context, but especially with Panama. I mean, just a very fun player. Um, and, and between him and Godoy, it's, it's not, People like making fun of Central American teams generally saying that they're they're USL. No, these are top midfielders in the MLS. These are players who are succeeding at a level that um, isn't too dissimilar than many of the players on our team that are going to be taking the pitch as well. Uh, so those are kind of the sticking points that I have. You know, when I'm like, when I have my optimism, like, well, Annabelle Godoy, well, uh, Karaskia, well, you know, I don't know. You can throw in a few other players, Michael Murillo, um, a few players 
on Panama that could really wreak havoc if uh, the USA just isn't up for it, especially following the uh, following the Azteca game. So I think just before we get out, I uh, need to do the score prediction thing. So Nate, don't jinx it. Costa Yeah, three nil. You know what? I'll just have to up the ante then four zero. Um, I love the energy, guys. Five nil. I'm joking. Uh, not five nil. That would be uh, quite a game. That would. Oh, but can you imagine the relief? That'd be a party I don't, in Orlando. <laughs> I don't remember the exact qualification scenarios, but even if there's some goal differential asterisk, if we win five zero, oh, we are we are set. Yeah, we're we're partying up in Orlando. No, I think it's going to be something like. I, I think 2-0 is fair, um, which I think is also means for a party because we're essentially going to the World Cup. Um, just before we get out of here, I guess this, uh, I'll just lay out the scenario. It's uh, Costa Rica. If they drop any points at all, they have um, no hope for automatic qualification. So far, they are on the right track after beating Canada 1-0 yesterday. Um, also, handing Canada their first loss of the uh, the octagonal, but uh, Costa Rica can, cannot drop a single point if they want automatic qualification. If the U.S. either ties or beats Panama, Panama uh, cannot hope for automatic qualification, um, at least uh, over the United States in that scenario. So what that means is uh, if the United States wins or draws versus Panama and Costa Rica loses or draws, the United States is going to Qatar. I believe that's a scenario. Um, if I'm wrong about that, it's basically in the margins because I for I know for a fact a U.S. win and anything but a win from Costa Rica would uh, seal the deal and would put the uh, United States uh, on the road to Qatar, um, uh, kind of avenging the. Coover result and the disaster of 2017-18. So that would be uh, quite a nice uh, little party down in Orlando if that uh, could just happen. Uh, 5-0 might be a little bit too much, but, you know, if we uh, win by multiple goals, it'll, it's going to be a fun night um, in Florida. So I want to thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate that. Uh, the discussion that we've had, you know, breaking down Mexico and looking ahead to Panama. Um, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be fun on Sunday. Um, so whether if you're in Orlando, if you're watching from home, enjoy it. It's going to be the last home qualifier that means anything, maybe forever. And definitely, uh, until the, you know, 20, uh, 2030 cycle. So that's a long time. Um, so I guess just enjoy it, uh, live it up and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, the United States uh, takes on Panama and Orlando at 6.30 on Sunday, and then they will travel to Costa Rica next Wednesday um, to close up qualifying. Uh, so, Nate, Matt, Will, thank you so much, and uh, yeah, um, everybody out there listening, uh, enjoy life, and enjoy the beautiful game, and I'll see you uh, probably Monday or Tuesday as we have another roundtable uh, to break down the result versus Panama. So I'll see you then, and thank you so much for listening.